At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ross Stripling is a giant. Also, Carlos Correa signed a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. I'm Peter. That's Aram. It is Thursday, December 15th, and we're playing general manager for the Minnesota Twins at the back end of this video. But first, I say video, podcast. It's all on YouTube. It's all on Spotify. Thank you all for listening. We're back. Good to see you, Arm. It's been a while since you and I hopped on the mic. I How know, I know, dude. The schedule has been wild uh, with with the winter meetings, us bootstrapping it, uh, different time zones. Then my flu bout. Uh, good to be back with you, brother. Uh, really excited to talk about the Twins, even though they've been giving me a headache. But of course, we got to start with this Correa signing because I know that was the team that you had had Correa going to was the San Francisco Giants. And and it seemed like the second you made the prediction before this, but it seemed like the second that judge, you know, went to the Yankees, it was like, okay, they got to pivot to the next best guy. Right. And that's exactly what they did. Usually it's not that predictable, but they did it like, and it was, it was seamless. Uh, you, you had it early in the off season and, you know, honestly, I, I figured they'll sell out for judge and they did. It just didn't work out. And they end up getting a pretty nice contingency plan here with Carlos Correa. Uh, this helps them a lot because I make fun of this roster. It's, it's not great. It's still not fantastic, but hell, it looks a lot better even just with the Correa edition, but they've made some other, you know, small ads too. Yeah, they have, um, especially we'll talk about Ross Stripling for about maybe a minute or two, because <laughs> he did have an ERA around three last year. Um, and the Giants are kind of that team that's known for bringing in the veteran pitcher and getting the most out of them. Alex Cobb for one, Anthony Desclafani for one, Alex Wood another. And now they bring in Stripling and they bring in Manaya. This, and then, of course, they have Logan Webb at the top of the rotation, who is anything but a veteran, but is easily the best pitcher on the roster. And yep. it doesn't seem like Carlos Rodon will go back at this point. The reason why that felt predictable, because I've been wrong. Like, I had Senga going to the Dodgers. I had Bogarts going to the Diamondbacks. But with these shortstops, it almost seemed easy. It yeah. seemed like if the Giants didn't get Judge, which I didn't think they would. Yeah, neither, I none of, thought, we all thought he was a Yankee. The, we did. We The Giants were going to give him a huge offer, and there was a report that came out with the Yankees that they weren't going to be able to match it. And I thought, that's bullshit. I mean, that's just not going to happen. The Yankees are going to be able to match it, and yeah. then he's going to go to the Yankees. But the Giants have all this money to spend. Farhan Zaidi said that we will spend 
and they spent with Carlos Correa, who at this point, you know, I think you're splitting hairs with Trey Turner, um, but those two are easily the best shortstops on the market at this point. Bogarts with the bat, definitely he is up yeah. there, and he got an 11-year, $280 million deal because the bat has been so consistent. But if you're looking for the full package, glove, been there before, he's a World yeah. Series champion, and he performed in the playoffs, then the bat. And I think what I've been hearing a lot about Correa, and this is more coming from Dodger fans who I can't wait for them to see him. Um, Number one villain now. Number one villain villain. for Dodgers fans. And a lot of fans who missed out on him um, are saying, well, Cray hasn't been healthy. Cray hasn't been healthy all these years. And to that, I'd say, I kind of think that that narrative is overblown at this point. Yeah, I do too. Um, In 2019, he only played 75 games. And then the year before, 110, 109 in 2017, like was injured 100%. But then he played a full 60-game season. He played 58 games. Then the next year, he played 148 games. Then he was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but he still played 136 games. I don't think that Carlos Correa should be known as this injury-prone guy at this point. I think what should be highlighted the most about him is his playoff acumen, one of the best gloves in the sport, and a guy who can really hit anybody at this point because yeah. he is the last couple of seasons. The bat is basically the same as Bogarts. If we're looking at a WRC plus the glove is miles and miles better. And if you're looking for a guy who's been there, done that, that's Carlos Correa, but yeah. it took 13 years, $350 million. What do you think about that contract when you first saw it? I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty wild because all of these massive deals have, have kind of made me a bit numb, but if this was the first deal off the board, I think I would have gotten lightheaded. Like this is a crazy contract, but at the same time, like what we're seeing is you've got to give up those age 38, 39, 40 years uh, for, to be able to get these guys. And at the end of the day, 26 or 27 million, really average annual value for a guy of Carlos Correa's caliber, like it allows you to do more in his prime and you're, yeah, you're going to suffer on the back end a little bit, but we know you just spoke to all the intangibles that Correa as a vet, even if he's not on the field all the time and not a major impact guy, he's still going to give you some value. And what's $26 million going to be in 2035. I have zero idea, but given the, the, the change we've seen in the market in general, you know, I think it'll definitely be uh, uh, quite the discount, you know, compared to, to what we think it is now. The one thing I will say, and I want to kind of accentuate your point here is that, the Giants really needed that franchise, that face of the franchise, right? Because you have Posey retire maybe a little bit early than they earlier than they accounted for. Uh, you know, Brandon Crawford is 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 a very important guy to that franchise, and he'll probably slide to third. But you know, he's just not good enough to be that face of the franchise. He's a big part of it in their heart and soul, but you know, just not not there. And some of their prospects, like Marco Luciano and whoever, like. They're they're not on that like can't miss trajectory where you could say, oh, that guy's going to be the face of our franchise. Like we've seen with some other teams that, you know, like Julio Rodriguez and some others with the Mariners. So I think this also gives them that marketable face of the franchise that that I don't I think they were really looking for here. Like beyond just making the roster better. This is the guy that they're going to build around now, I think, for the next decade plus. And they really needed that. They really needed to jumpstart this thing. And, you know, we know San Francisco is never going to fully rebuild. That's not what they do. Just like Chicago Cubs are not going to do that anymore. And, you know, some of these bigger market teams with good fan bases aren't going to do that. I think this was a great move, but 
I'm very interested to see what, what else they can do to make the rest of this team competitive because they've still got some work to do. Here's how I've been internalizing it in my head with the Carlos Correa deal. Like, would we have been that blown away? We would have. But if he signed a eight-year, $350 million deal, signed for 43.75 per, that is an enormous deal. Aaron Judge signed for nine years for 360. But again, he is three years older than Mm -hmm. Carlos Correa, or at least two. Um, Aaron Judge is entering his age 30 season. Correa is entering his age 28 season. So it is about two years. Would that have been so crazy to think so the way i internalize it was he signed an eight-year 350 million dollar deal and then another five-year deal for free that's how kind of i think about it trey turner let's say he signed a seven-year 300 million dollar deal then you get the next four free xander bogarts seven years 280 million dollars like that at least in my mind kind of puts it in perspective a little bit does that help it's funny you know it makes sense because like most of these contracts are deferred and like, this is kind of a form, a more aggressive form of deference, right? Like exactly. their average annual value is, is way all of these players based on what judge set the market at, you know, they're all worth more than 26, $27 million. But because of the guarantee that they're getting with all of these years, it's, it's almost like a pay deference. So oh, I think that's a good way to put it. And, and I think that's why you're, you're happy to do it. If, if you're the giants and I mean, this, this is a rare opportunity. This free agency crop was a rare opportunity to get that face of the franchise. And I, I don't know if if there's quite that level of of face of the franchise, you know, do it all kind of marketability outside of Aaron Judge. I'd say Correa is right there. I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I maybe that's just a, a bias, personal bias. But I, there's just something that it factor. And I think it's the winning it's, it's the being there in the postseason. He's already one of the most successful postseason players ever. And he's 28 years old. Like there's something about Correa that screams like face of the franchise and a guy that I want to build around a little bit more than those other shortstops. And again, that might be a bias myself, but that's just where I'm at. So I love that move. I loved the Mitch Hanniger move. I think they've done some good things. Um, I think some guys will bounce back this year. I think Crawford will be fine at third base. Uh, and we'll, we'll do the, a little bit more with the Giants episode. But you know, how much does this change your perspective on the Giants? Um, and, and how much more work do you think they have to do? So I don't think that they have to do a ton. Because right now, um, I'm on roster resource. And this is their lineup. They have Tyro Estrada at second, who... You know, he was a 722 OPS guy last year who stole 20 plus bags. He's a fine second baseman, especially at age 27. You know, Mike Yastrzemski is going to be their center fielder. I'd love to see them get an additional outfielder, and I think that they will. I kind of wish that they got Brandon Nimmo. But Mike Yastrzemski, I guess, is fine, but I expect them to upgrade there. Obviously, they have the big fish, Carlos Correa, who I think you could argue is a top three shortstop in Major League Baseball at this point. Uh, Jock Peterson raked last year, and I'm excited to see what he does this year. Betting on himself, he could be in for a big year. Mitch Hanniger. I love him. You love Mitch Hanniger. I love Mitch Hanniger. Who doesn't love Mitch Hanniger? Then you got Brandon Crawford at third, who is not that far removed from an amazing offensive season. Um, And then last year, he had a really down year, but he was also injured a little bit. Could he at least defense suffered too? So maybe just being at third, like he he might, he might be a bounce back candidate too. Yes. And Brandon Crawford is going to be 36 years old, but if he can give us 80% of what he did in 2021, that's a very solid player. And then you got JD Davis, who 
breaks sometimes. Yeah. Lamont yeah. Wade Jr., who's one of my kind of favorite underrated player. Remember, the guy's only 29 years old. He was hurt all last year. Hurt yeah. all last year, but he's a good player. And then you got Joey Bart, who we both don't necessarily like that much. So there are upgrades to be made. I don't think this team is done. But going back to the Correa point for a second, because this isn't the Giants episode. We will have a Giants episode. Who was the only player age 38 or above who played middle infield last year? There was one. Because we have to remember, Carlos Correa, 28, when he retires or when this contract is over, he'll be 41. Trey Turner, around the same age. Bogarts, around the same age. 38 now, not 41, who's the only infielder, second base or shortstop, age 38 or over who played last year. Like that's that's a good question. It's a great question. Thirty eight, or and like just played like a full season, or at least like enough to qualify. Enough to qualify, maybe even not enough to qualify, but played played like a, a good substantial amount more more yes. than Robinson Cano did. Robinson Cano was the okay. only one. Okay, like yeah, Robinson Cano was the only one. Yeah, and I thought to myself, yeah, I mean, it is it's a position where you need your legs under you, yeah. and where will these guys be? But at the same time. Where will Farhan Zaidi be? Yeah, exactly. Where that, will Dave Dombrowski that's, be? That's what I said about Dave Dombrowski. He's going to be like fully retired and maybe in a home at that point. Like it's fine. I'm, I'm 25 years old. I might be popping out my third kid when yeah. Trey is done with his contract at 38 years old. Yeah. Like these are, these are things that at the time in 2034, is $26 million going to be the qualifying that's offer? what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So- Exactly. So we're dealing with contracts they that they aren't really worried about. Also, breaking news: Noah Syndergaard has agreed to a deal with the Dodgers. So, oh my gosh! So now people are going to talk themselves into Syndergaard. That's how that usually works. Of course, and maybe he can regain some velocity. But we'll talk about that one at a later point. Um, But Carlos Correa, a giant, thirteen years. $350 $350 million. They also add Ross Stripling again to that rotation. The Giants are not done. I still think they should grab an outfielder. I still think that they should figure something out with catcher. Yeah. I predicted it, it wasn't really a prediction. It was almost something I thought that would be very cool with Sean Murphy possibly going to the Giants, maybe putting Joey Bart in that deal. Maybe they're just going to give Joey Bart another chance. Remember, he was picked second overall. Yeah, no, I mean, they got a. And they have Patrick Bailey waiting. And they took uh, they took a guy in the Rule Five that that also catches you know Blake Sable who catches and plays outfield, so he's a contingency plan too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, but they're definitely far from done. And I'm glad Correa is with a franchise like like the Giants. I think it's a good place for him, and and it's good for baseball. And you were talking about your bias about Correa. I will play to to wrap up on Correa. I will play the anti bias. Because I'm a Yankee fan, and I remember 2017 and the scandal a lot. I remember it. Mm-hmm. I remember every second of it. I remember Jose Altuve hitting the home run off Chapman and that sly smile, which made me want to punch Aroldis Chapman in the face. And then we found out about the buzzer, which I don't even know if it actually came to Apparently be. Apparently all debunked, it, yes. Yeah, it got debunked. So, But I still think... Like the view of Carlos Correa isn't as one of the best shortstops in baseball because of that. Yeah, like you, you, you don't care about that, which I totally respect because it has gotten debunked at this point. You view him as maybe the second best overall shortstop. You know, Tatis, Turner, they're all in with that all same the leadership qualities that you want, and, and a guy that's been there and won at you know on the biggest stages and performed in the postseason. 
Like, exactly. And I think people are like, well, this is way too much for Cray. He's been hurt, you know, cheater, all that kind of stuff. I think at this point, pull up Correa's fan graphs, check the defensive run saved because he leads shorts up some past couple of years, check WRC plus because he's right up there with anybody, check all the numbers and listen to an interview. This guy is about as good of a shortstop as we have in Major League Baseball. If you don't want to rank Fernando Tatis Jr. number one, like we're going to do our top tens. And I think that's a conversation based of like, is he going to play shortstop? Do we even rank him there? What what are we going to get when he comes back? I assume we're still going to get the same version. How good is Trey Turner a a year older now, right? Could Correa realistically be the best shortstop in Major League Baseball? I don't think that's a far-fetched opinion. I actually think you could easily make that opinion. So 13 years, 350 million sounds enormous. And it is, but another great thing that Eno Saris said, if you feel like everyone's getting overpaid, that's the market. Yeah. (laughs) That's just the market. Yeah. Everyone is getting overpaid. The collective bargaining agreement, it brings in years of labor peace. These teams are very confident that there will be money to spend, whether it be from TV deals, whether it be from extra added revenue, that they can make these deals. Yep. And Carlos Correa was the best free agent on the market, not named Aaron Judge. Correct. Yep. And and I'm 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 loving it. So uh and I, I love the interviews. That's something I can speak to, like just just listening to him. This guy's a smart dude that young players love him, love him. Jeremy Pena credits him even after he left for you know guiding him. Uh guys with the twins, Royce Lewis credit him. So he, he's gonna serve that role with the Giants as well, really well. Carlos Cray is a giant, but more importantly, Ross Stripling is a giant. All right. Mm-hmm. So we are not the podcast that is just going to shower praise all over the Giants and talk about the Giants after Carlos Correa. We are the podcast that comes in. Where did he leave? And we're going to improve that (laughs) team. We know a lot of fans of the Minnesota Twins are very sad that their player, Carlos Correa, left. And we also can't really blame the Twins because these same Minnesota Twins offered 10 years, $285 million dollars for Carlos Correa. Yeah. They have the money. This is clear. So we can be strategic while playing general manager of the Minnesota Twins. Last year, the Twins were in first place for a while. They looked like the team to beat and then they faltered. They finished 78 and 84. Their rotation was not very good. It was plagued with injuries. They finished 20th in team ERA from the starting rotation. The bullpen wasn't very good either, but they added Jorge Lopez at the deadline, who is nasty, Mm -hmm. but the offense is still pretty solid, but they lack a lot of speed. They actually ranked 30th in stolen bases last year, and you lose the best hitter on the team. That is Carlos Correa. You could say it's Byron Buxton, but at this point, Buxton plays 100 games a year. When he plays, that was the goal. The goal was 100 games. And that would be awesome if he played 100 games. Luis Arise was a batting champ hit 316 last year. Um, They still have Jorge Polanco at shortstop. Um, Their rotation actually looks pretty solid, but there are moves to be made. And usually how we start these episodes off, let's start with the locks. So you have roster resource pulled up with the Minnesota Twins. Who do you think are the few guys that they ain't moving? These are the players for the Minnesota Twins next year. Then we can be strategic with the lineup, with the rotation, We'll end with the bullpen, and we're going to make this team better for Twins fans. 
We yes. Yeah. So, Let's you know, go. I think obviously, obviously Buxton lock, you know, that's a guy that's in center field for however long he's able to play center field. Um, Polanco, I think should play second, but he's a lock to play the middle infield for them. Miranda's not going anywhere. I don't think in, in, in any situation. Um, and obviously they just added Christian Vasquez. So from, from the lineup perspective, those are the, the immovable guys. Like those are the guys that I'm expecting to be locked in there. And then Araya is like, I know he's been floated. I don't know if they move him. Like the only way I could see them moving him is if it's a, a very, very obvious, you know, impact pitcher, which we'll get into. And, you know, I, I think they could put together a trade package without parting with Arias. I, I don't understand why you would want to trade one of the few proven hitters, I think, on your roster. They're going to have to rely on a lot of youngsters. Here's why I think you you can trade Luis Arias. Um, If you look at the Twins infield depth, we talk about Nick Gordon at second base. We talk about who was pretty fine. Pretty good last year, I thought. I mean, he hit 272. Um, he was an OPS around 750. This guy is 27 years old, and he was also kind of a top prospect. Like, I think that Nick Gordon is a very solid player who can also play some shortstop. Speaking of shortstop, they have Jorge Polanco. Then at third base right now is slated to be Jose Miranda. But then they also have Royce Lewis coming yeah. back and Brooks Lee. Like yeah. we talked about in the draft, who are the most... MLB ready hitters that the Marlins should draft. <laughs> and it was Brooks Lee. Jacob like, Barry. I, thought, I thought, yeah, I thought Brooks Lee should have gone number one overall. I loved Brooks Lee coming out of Cal Poly. I think he's going to be a doubles machine. So, and the thing about Luis Rise is his value comes from being able to play all over the infield. He can play second base. He can play third base. He can play everywhere. Playing him at first base, I feel like you're just rotting him away. Not, he kind of sucks hit. defensively everywhere, though. Like, that's the thing. Okay. Okay, you, we can talk about that, but it's not – it's kind of like DJ LeMayhew, except DJ LeMayhew for the Yankees can play a bunch of different positions at a very high level. Arias maybe not, but would you rather Arias play second base for your team while hitting 316 and then add a big slugger at first base – or would you just put Luis Arise at first? I feel like that just diminishes his value so much. And when you have Jose Miranda, you could bring up Royce Lewis. You and then you could move Jorge Polanco around. Well, I think the second Royce short. Lewis is healthy, he's got to be in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I think Royce Lewis is, is one of the, the X factors that you know could could put this team over the top. And that's a guy that I want, you know, playing some short playing some center when, when Buxton's not out there, uh, you know, doing a little bit of everything. My issue is, is, is what's the better, what's, you know, where are you getting a better option at first base uh, over a Miranda? You put Miranda at first. Then who plays third? You could put, well, potentially when you bring up Brooks Lee. Yeah. But that, that's what midway through the season. Maybe Jorge Polanco, maybe you could play third. Like now you're moving guys around. Like we're we're moving dudes. But Jorge around. Polanco already isn't a very good defensive shortstop. Which he is why he, Yeah, which is why he plays second. He hasn't played third since 2016, where he played nine games there. We're being creative. Thad Levine, he's the GM of the twins. We're being creative here. I'm not saying we have to trade Luis Rise. I'm just more pointing out the fact of how they could. 
Because if if Brooks Lee is then your potential third baseman, then where does Miranda go? I just think if you're operating under the presumption that Brooks Lee can can climb up to the big leagues and make an impact and it, you know, and being above 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 average regular bat, I, I think that's a huge presumption. Like I love Brooks Lee, but I mean this guy was just drafted last year. Like I'm not basing any big league decision on Brooks Lee personally. Um if anything, I'm trying to trim some fat. Like they've got so many dudes. I'm trying to figure out like when Royce Lewis comes back, you have an infield situation of Arias, Polanco, Miranda, Nick Gordon, Royce Lewis. They also have Kyle Farmer, who they signed to a big league deal. Uh, that's six dudes that they got to figure out, you know, where they fit in on the infield. Uh, I, I'm very, and then of course, that's not even mentioning Kirilov, who, you know, presumably plays some outfield, but also plays a lot of first as well. That's seven guys. So how do you, how do you find the space for each of these guys? Like I think Miranda is locked in at third. I don't think he budges from third. So at shortstop second base is the big question. And I don't want Polanco at short. That's he, I think he's brutal there. I, I would rather see Lewis, you know, there after in farmer there, maybe even for a little bit, but I just think Arai is one of the few consistent bats on this roster. Like, who else do you feel good about? Like, if I if I told you you got to put money on a guy to have a a 120 WRC plus or better next year, and they they have to qualify, obviously. Who are you putting your money on? Well, it's all about qualifying for Buxton. Yes, <laughs> like, that's why. That's why I did that. Um, I have confidence that Polanco can do that. Um. If Kepler stays healthy, I have somewhat a confidence that he can do that. And Jose Miranda, I have confidence that he can do that. Um, but you're but this is this is, I guess, the point, right? You're talking about this massive influx of infielders. And Louisa Rise, right now at market value, can get you the most. And while he is one of the most consistent hitters, the problem really for this twins team has been more pitching rather than offense, if we look at last year. I know losing Cray is tough, and there are still free agents available. We just wrote an article on JustBaseball.com, the top 10 remaining free agents that are left. There are still offensive players available. I would love to see them get a lefty. Like, how about moving Kirloff to first, signing an outfielder, and moving a rise for pitching? Like, I think that is very plausible and I think would make this team overall better because you never know with the rise like he's been very consistent but let's say he has let's say he hits 294 next year doesn't have that full another season like he did then you can't really trade him for much yeah so if you're going to move off him in this time where you have Kyle Farmer you have Jorge Polanco Nick Gordon Miranda Kirloff Royce Lewis coming up this is the time where you should capitalize on him. I'm not saying we should trade him, but I think if we can get a Pablo Lopez from the Marlins, if we can get a big time starting pitcher, don't you think that's worth it? That's the only way. That's the only, only, only way. And I will say, I believe in Kirilov big time. Um, so, I mean, that that sells me a little bit. And I think you can play first base. And you know, they've got a logjam in the outfield too, which is interesting of, of, of prospects that are kind of redundant. You have Kepler, who is very similar to Matt Wallner, who is very similar to Trevor Larnick, who is, you know, 
I wouldn't say Kirill off similar to those guys. He's a better hitter, but like there's a lot of redundancy in that outfield, man. And like, you know, I, I think if you could find a way to, to trim that fat in some ways and, and somehow to plant that to, you know, have good pitching and impact pitching, I think that makes sense. And the challenge for them is, you know, if they want to try to make a trade, like let's say with the Marlins hypothetically, I don't think the Marlins are going to have interest in Walner or Warnick because you know I, I don't think there's there, there's too much uncertainty with those guys. Like they're trying to find bats that can help them now. So you probably do have to trade a Luis Arias to get a Pablo Lopez. So in that case, yeah, I, I think it makes sense. But the problem is, okay, let's say you can't work a deal with Lopez out. How many teams are willing to trade an impactful arm for for a bat right now? I, that's where like that's I was searching through the big leagues, you know, searching from team to team to team. It seems like the Marlins and the twins are the best match. And that's the only way I'm trading a rise is if I'm getting a Pablo Lopez or a Trevor Rogers. And I think for them, I would assume, you know, I, I do think they need a lefty, but you know, I would assume that they'd prefer Pablo just given that he's you know safer. Um, but I could understand if they, they wanted a, a, a Trevor Rogers instead. Uh, I think unless you're getting one of those guys, it doesn't make sense to trade Arias, but that seems to be where we're at with with a move, right? If you're going to trade for an arm, Arias is, is probably your best trade chip because they don't have that much left in the farm and they already, they already you know, depleted the farm pretty good. So I'll be Thad Levine, you be Kim Ang. <laughs> okay, let me go I to say to real you, quick. <laughs> I'll say to you, Aram, I'm willing to give you Luis Arias, and Bailey Ober. And Bailey Ober throws strikes. He's not the sexiest name. I would almost counter with he is the least sexy name yeah. in all of Major League Baseball because he's like what we'd like to call potentially a stock righty. Yeah. He is going to throw strikes. If he stays healthy, he's going to give you innings. He's not going to kill you, but he's also not going to uplift you. Yeah. But you know who will uplift you? Luis Arise. Yeah. So if I wanted to put both of those two guys, because I assume if you're the Marlins, like you don't want to give up Pablo and get no pitching in return. Yuri Perez is coming, but he's not quite there yet. You have Sandy, you have Trevor, you have Lazardo, you have Edward Cabrera. You have pitchers, but I think getting a Bailey Ober would help. We don't have to include him, but I'm Thad, you're Kim. Let's make a deal. I have Luis Arise, I have Bailey Ober. What, what, What would you give me? Yeah, I I don't know. It's funny because I do I do think there's there's part of the Marlins that, that that wants that insurance arm, um, and I also think there's other another part of the Marlins that wants to get you know some prospects on on top of him because their system's getting thinner quick as guys continue to not pan out offensively. Um, I would say something around like Arias, Edward Julian, like that that would be something I think they would really like. Um, I, I don't know why that like I would make this deal tomorrow if I'm the Marlins. Like I I understand some fans want a little bit more impact if you're trading a Pablo Lopez, but you know to kind of make this point uh, on the Marlins side, it's like okay, wh- what else am I looking for? If I'm looking for the Marlins are just looking for offense, right? Where are you going to find better than a 130 WRC plus? I don't care about the defensive limitations. Like he's competent at second, he's competent at first. The Marlins need production. That's it. I don't care what it looks like. And Luis Arias can give you that. Kim Ang has said specifically that the team is targeting contact-oriented players because that's their new philosophy. That the, the Jorge Soler's of the world and the Avi Garcia's of the world didn't work. So now they decided, hey, we don't want swing for the fences. We want consistent contact. Arias fits that to a T. He's maybe the best example of that in baseball. So t- to me, 
Arias and you throw in Edward Julian and, and a lower level arm, like, you know, Raya, I'm in, like, I'm done. I'm, I'm doing it because I think for the Marlins, like that moves the needle for them. And Lopez is expendable. I really, I really think he is for them at this point. And, and like we said, for the twins, I think Lopez is like the bar of, of like no worse. I'm not trading a rise for any worse, but, but Lopez is good enough. I think to justify making the move, especially with the control that he comes with. Okay. My name is Thad. And my job is to make the twins better. I'm saying no to that deal. Julian slash 300, 441, 490 in double A as a 23-year-old. Plays a nice second base for him. Has decent hit, decent power. He's disgusting. Um, I love Edward Julian. He's a good player. I'm saying no to that deal if all I'm getting is Pablo Lopez. Because Pablo Lopez is a great pitcher. But also, he's dealt with some injury concerns. Yeah, point. no, for sure, and that's like, that's I, that's a worry. You know, given I they have Mali and Gray because Luis Scar or um, who are we talking about? I'm I'm thinking about too many names here. Pablo Luis Lopez, Arise. no, Luis, Luis Arise. Arise is a very good player. Like even Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez. Like I don't know how far off that is. So if we're giving you Julian on top of it, I need more, Kim. I need more. I got the oh. Twins back. I need a little bit more. It doesn't have to be crazy but I need a little bit more here. You're killing me. I'm killing you. I'm here for the twins. They just lost Correa. We're not, we're not about to get stolen from. I like Pablo. Luis Arise won the batting title, my friend. Bro, you you were just, (laughs) you were just kind of making the opposite case. I love it. I love it. No, I, 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 that's the thing that's interesting because, you know, Arias, I think his ceiling is kind of limited, as we know. You know, I, but his floor is, is so so high. I mean, this guy I think was, Luis Arias is the best player in baseball. So make me a trade. Okay. For him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like, but here's the thing: what is the value of a pitcher with two years of control that had the year that he had last year? Like, I, I I'd argue, I'd argue that you know you you got to add a, a little bit on top of Arias, like one for one, right? It's it's not going to totally match up. Arise is a free agent in 2026. Not, he has has an extra year of control. Um, I mean, what else can the Marlins really add there? Like, I, I think you go Arise, and you give me just give me another prospect, like a like a, a slightly less. Give me a Raya, just give me Miguel Raya or whatever, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Like, I if that's if that's what it takes like i think that still makes sense for the marlins i might get flack for that like from marlins people i know our friend christian crespo contributor at just baseball is going to hate that because he's not the biggest arias believer but you know when you look at at what he was able to do you know last year I, he's already becomes the marlins you know i think second best hitter like from the jump in a healthy jazz chisholm i think is number 1 and then you have arias in terms of most productive hitters so give me uh yeah, give me a couple couple mid level prospects, and I think I think I'll call it a deal. Okay, I, are you Marco Raya? Give me Marco Raya and Marco Raya. I like Marco Marco Raya and Ronnie Enriquez. Give me Ronnie Enriquez. I think he's nasty out of the. He could be a good bullpen arm for him. So that, I like that's Ronnie Enriquez. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, in Moneyball, you don't even know who that is. <laughs> Give me Ronnie Henriquez and and Raya, and we got a deal. And Luis Arise, give me give me a sweetener from the Marlins. I'm looking at Fuck your guys' you. top. I'm uh, what what are you talking about? I'm looking I'm looking at the top prospects for a little bit. I'm trying to look at somebody who I think 
um, can help us out a little bit. Um, I'd like you to add Joe Mack to that deal. He's a catcher. He's 19 rocks, years old. No shot. Okay, so how do I get Joe Mack? Because we need a catcher after no, Christian no, Vasquez no. is done. I hung up. We can still talk. Hey, 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 don't hang up the phone yet. We can still talk. If I he want Joe one Mack, of the best prospects at this point, I. Well, you know, I don't want Jose Salas. <laughs> He's not an option either, bro. What are you talking about? What do I have to? We're, all we're doing is talking here. All yeah. we're doing is talking. I, if I wanted Joe Mack, and Twins fans, you'll like Joe Mack. Get him out of Miami. He's a 19-year-old. He's a catcher. He's one of the Marlins' best offensive prospects, which is not saying much. But what is, you know, he was a 768 OPS guy last year in in A-ball. He's a 19-year-old. He's a lefty. You guys will like him. Don't worry about him. We'll take him. I want him. Let's not act like he's gold. He had a hey, seven to the Marlins. He is, dude. They, they they have no catchers. That's not happening. Like I'm, t- I'm telling you, there's a zero percent chance. Okay. Um, who else do I like? Um, you, can, you can have Vic, Victor Victor Mesa. No, I'd rather not have him at all. Uh God. Just take a dude. I want. You know who I getting, want? I want Griffin Conine. Yeah, I was gonna say that. You can have take him. I want hey, Griffin Conine. Free my I boy. Want, Griffin, you hear me? Yeah. I want you. I All want right. Free my boy. Conine. Take him. Take him. Dude hits 40 plus home runs in the minor leagues. Outfielder. I think he'll be better than Walner and learning, <laughs> or at least uh, that that good. I want him and I want Pablo Lopez. Give me the trade. Done. What is the trade for those two? Done. So it's, it's what we got. The breakdown is Arias. I want Marco Raya. Got so many similar names. And then I want, well, what was the last guy we said? Arias, uh, Marco Raya. Enrique and then something. you're not giving me Julian, which is disrespectful. We need uh, him. Yeah, throw me, throw me uh, as the final piece, throw me Aaron Sabato. I like him. First base. Oh, no, you don't. He hit 179 <laughs> in double A. Throw me Aaron Sabato. All right. You could have Aaron Sabato. So right now we just traded away Luis Rice. And what we got back is Pablo Lopez. Um, so now what we're what we're talking about here is we're gonna suffer on offense a little bit in the early goings when we were having Kyle Farmer at shortstop. Uh, we just gave up Luis Rise. We're moving Kirloff to first base. Um, in our outfield right now, it's Larnick, it's Kepler, it's Buxton. And then at shortstop, we're going with Royce Lewis. Nick Gordon and um, Jose Miranda at second base and third base. And that's our team right now. We need to add. Now we go to the free agent market and we add some bats. Who are some of your favorite bats that we can add in order to offset that Luis Arise trade? Because we're going to get to the rotation in a minute because now we don't have to do much because the rotation is actually very good at this point. So are we for sure keeping Max Kepler? I think he's the we most could. likely guy to get dealt. But if you're trading a rise, keep Kepler. You know what I'm That's saying? That's what like, I'm saying. And yeah. I like Kepler. I do. I, that I was going to be the other player. approach I was going to take was like Kepler plus like pieces Just for, for Lopez. For Lopez. If, if you guys will take Kepler instead. I mean, I, I'm I just, good with a rise. We're good. We're good. Yeah. I was going to say like I, Kepler and good pieces, but that, that makes it a lot more challenging, I think. I, 
I think you're saying that to me now to make me look bad now for trading Luis Arise. But let's be honest. If I was like Max Kepler and pieces for Pablo, I was you trying accept? to figure out what like it would be legit pieces, right? It would be it would yeah. be really good complimentary pieces. Um, that that's the thing is, is what what do the twins prefer? Because I think the, the alternative would be like you could do Kepler and then I, I don't think they trade Carroll off. And then that's the problem is the Marlins. I don't think want Walner. Um, too much uncertainty there and, and Larnick even like, eh, I don't, I don't know if that really moves the needle for them with Kepler. It doesn't really make sense. Another left-handed hitting outfielder. So, uh, it would be Kepler and then prospects that don't make as much of an impact. I think they would prefer Arias, obviously, if they're trying to win, you know, at least be more competitive next year. So, um, and also like on a serious point, like there's, if, if the twins wanted an arm, I think some, some arms that they would probably be interested in that could be, you know, nice, nice pickups for them would be potentially like, uh, yeah, they wouldn't do Jacob Miller, but like uh, Zach McCambly, who's friend of the the call up good stuff, like could be a bullpen arm by next year. And they're looking for those types of guys. So like a McCambly could be an option instead of my good friend, Griffin Conine, but I'm happy to send him to the twins. They he'd be better off there. Um, all right, so free agent bats. I mean, Dansby doesn't make sense, right? Because you know, I, I think we we've, we there's enough infielders so here, and and it, unless you're getting Correa, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, now we're moving Kirill off to first, right? And we're we're kind of banking on him being the guy, He's which the means, first baseman, yeah, which kind of means that the outfield looks like Kepler, looks like probably Larnick, and then Buxton. Yes. Um, we have the goal would be to upgrade over, over Larnick, right? Yes. We need a left fielder. I mean, I have the perfect option. Who do you want? I want Michael Conforto. So an- another lefty bat, though. Yes, but when we look at when we look at the team right now, we just traded a lefty. Buxton's a righty. Polanco's a switch. Kepler's a lefty. Miranda's a righty. Gordon's a lefty. Larnick is a lefty who we're upgrading anyway. Vasquez is a righty and Lewis, Lewis will be a, be in the lineup. He'll be a Lewis righty. Lewis is a righty. So I don't think it really matters. I think it's lefty or righty. Um, this team is pretty split down the middle, especially yeah. trading away a lefty. I don't think we should worry about lefty righty. I think we get the best bat available. So okay. I think Conforto makes a lot of sense. He's not going to be very expensive, but the twins also have money to burn. Like they said, they, they do 10 years, 285. Yeah. To Korea. So it's not like we have to be cheap here. Who are some of the best outfielders available? Also, we could make more trades for outfielders. Like, you know, Varsho is available. You know, that's not out of the realm of possibility that they can make a trade for him. You know, there's other outfielders on the market who we could look at. I like Conforto in this role, right? Because they're they're hoping that, you know, Kirilov makes a big leap this year and 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 some of their other prospects make a big leap. And uh, you know. Signing Conforto, he wants a short-term deal similar to, to what we saw with Correa. I think you know it helps them be competitive this year, but doesn't you know block anybody and doesn't create any more of a, you know a logjam or, or really trying to figure out what you're going to do in the future here. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I could see Conforto being that that safe option. Uh, they need kind of just especially if you're going to part with a rise, like just another kind of, kind of pure hitter. Uh, I know he's not as, as elite bat to ball wise, but you know, I think Conforto is just a good hitter uh, and, and brings some consistency to this lineup. So 
I'm in. I think I think that's the signing they make, and they can come in a little bit higher on a one-year deal with a you know mutual option on the second year because, like like we said, I mean they just saved a lot of money by not by not being able to win the sweepstakes of of Carlos Correa. On the other side too is like Rodon. Like, uh, could we see them shelling out money for Rodon? Ultimately, I think they get outbid on him too. So, I I I, I like Conforto. I think that's the perfect addition as well. I think Conforto was a good addition. We could also talk about Andrew Benatendi. Like we said, we have money to spend. Could Ben Attendee be the better option there? Probably more of a guarantee. And I know the Twins are probably looking for a guarantee, but to your point, they have outfield depth, so they could try for Conforto. Like, I think at Conforto's peak, he could be actually be a better hitter than Ben Attendee is. For sure. But for Ben sure. Attendee is kind of the proven entity here. Even more so of that, like adjacent to, to Arias guy, bat to ball, right? Like exactly. just put the ball in play and look, I mean, they've got power, right? Buxton can slug, Polanco yeah. can slug, Kepler can slug, Miranda can slug, you know, Larnick, Kirilov, all those guys can slug. Um, that's not a bad, it's going to be cheaper. So that's, that's the, I guess cheaper AAV, but Ben Attendee's going to be more expensive in a longer commitment, right? I assume he's yes. going to command three, three, four years, um, or at least try to. I know you prefer Conforto, the baseball player, but I do. There's, and I do too, assuming he's he's healthy. I think this team needs to roll the dice a little bit, and and you already kind of know what you're getting with Benny, which is a good and bad thing. I almost don't want to know totally what I'm getting. I want to have a little bit to dream on here. You know, does that make sense? Like, I want a little bit to dream on here. Give give me Conforto. I I want Conforto. Are we in on that? I'm in on that. We just signed Michael Conforto. We offered him a two-year, $34 million deal. Or does he only need one year? I think he wants one year with a mutual option on on the second year. So what's the offer? Worth that. What did what, seven? What did what did uh, Ballinger get? Seventeen one and a half? for seventeen and a half. So like, he gets more. Obviously, Conforto get more. Does I don't know. More? What's better, no, not playing or sucking? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, what's what's better? Um, I'd say like the same thing. <laughs> like the same thing. Let's do sixteen. Okay. You didn't play, dude. You, you didn't, didn't play. play. You're not going to say it was Bellinger. Bellinger's a guaranteed Gold Glove caliber outfielder. He played with MVP. You know. Yes. credentials we'll uh, yeah we'll go one year 16 okay so we gave him a mutual option maybe you know with incentives um and we just signed michael conforto so now in the outfield uh we're moving larnick to the bench so right now it's kepler buxton and conforto it's not a bad outfield no not bad at all and i, and I like larnick as like a platoon guy um he's a he's a sneaky good defender and you know you're going to need him when Buxton goes down. That's the thing. It's like everyone's like, oh, but you know, what, what are you going to do with with all these guys and whatever? Like, there's a lot of teams. We were talking about that with with the Mariners last year, right? And all of a sudden, like Kyle Lewis goes down, Kalanick stinks, like Evan White doesn't play a game, and and all of a sudden, all this just presumed depth is. You know, you also see struggles from some of the vets. Like all this presumed depth was like gone. So you want to have that, especially with a Buxton and. um with Kepler's ability to slide over to center, if if Buxton's hurt before Lewis gets back or Lewis's return is delayed or whatever it may be, you're fine with Warnick on the bench. I think Walner is a guy I'm now shopping for a reliever personally. Yeah. So we could talk about that. Let's just go over the rotation. But first, you know, they still have Kyle Garlic. They still have Celestino in the outfield. Farmer obviously is a shortstop kind of stopgap guy, and they have Ryan Jeffers as their backup. So I think are we done with the offense at least at this point? Um, first base again, Alex Kirloff. 
catcher Christian Vasquez. In the outfield, it's Conforto, Buxton, and Kepler, which I do like. I like. I think um, that's a that's a fun that's a fun and that could be a elite defensive outfield if Conforto is still what he once was, was a pretty good defender in the corner. Agreed. And I'm I'm glad we went him over Ben Attendee because personally, I mean, you know me, listeners of the just baseball show know, know me. I'm not a Ben Attendee guy. Yeah. I'm not a Ben Attendee guy. He had a 122 WRC plus this year. Let me see you do it again because I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, and then in the infield, Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda. Jorge Polanco, Kyle Farmer, Alex Kirloff, and Royce Lewis. Yeah. A lot of depth, a lot of high upside pieces there. Now, in the rotation, we just made it pretty damn good. Sonny Gray is going to lead your rotation, followed by Pablo Lopez, or you could lead with Pablo, whoever you like better. Sonny Gray at a 3.08 ERA. He only threw 119 innings, but he's still a very good arm. Joe Ryan, another really good arm. Remember that trade? That was one where the Twins won easily. They traded Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz from the Rays, but the Rays are kicking themselves right now. That was an excellent trade. That was a 40-man crunch. Rays hit the panic button. And they gave away Joe Ryan, and now he's one of the better pitchers in the rotation and one of the better young pitchers in the American League at 26 years old. They still have Tyler Molly. Still really like him. Kenta Maeda is coming back. And then you have Pablo Lopez. So the rotation, Hmm. Gray, Pablo, Ryan, Tyler Molly, and Kenta Maeda. That's yep. that's good. Yep. That's so good. I and I I uh Kim Hang just called you back. Uh okay. we get, we're gonna make a tweak to the trade. No, we we're said yes. Make, no, 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 no. It didn't <laughs> didn't get sent to the league's office yet. Yeah. I think you'll like this one better. And I think but it, it got, makes already more got sense. reported by Habit. Yeah, hey, well, exactly. <laughs> so we got plenty of time. Um so <laughs> we can I, I said A R R I Z to the Marlins. Eras to the Marlins. <laughs> so I was thinking about it. Nick Gordon, if the Marlins are getting Arias, I think the Marlins have some interest in Nick Gordon. Let's clear some space up on that roster for, for the Twins. Wow. Gordon and Arias for Lopez. No. Done. I'm turning so Gordon's down. not that good. He is that good. Um, he could be good, and that is too much. It's too That's much. Too much? Too much. I need more. If you're going to put Gordon in there, we just put in some like fine prospects from the twins and you're upgrading it to Gordon. What are you trying to rob us? Dude, I'm Thad Levine was... and the twins. I ain't getting robbed. <laughs> Thad Levine. Um, all right. All right, Thad. I will. Accept the trade. Put right, the good your head. Accept the trade. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll throw in Sixto. I've right heard now. great. I heard Sixto's throwing, throwing from, from 60. I, I don't want that hologram of a person. <laughs> How about I heard six does throw from 60, 60 feet and, and, and even like doing some armbands and working out and stuff. Um, How many days a week? What's three? Um, I'm going with two. I'll take the other. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I'm like, th- that does make sense. If there's like a guy that the twins don't really need, it's, it's probably, it's probably Gordon. Like they don't need him as the contingency plan and center. If we just sign an outfielder, Let's let me let me sweeten the deal a little bit. I'll give you. You're just trying to save face for. The yeah, Marlins I know. I'm going to get my ass. Good. I'll come at them. I'll come at them. Marlins fans. You listen to me. This trade makes sense. I'm I'm confident that Aram, if he was put in the GM chair, would make your team better. And that I do that. I, thank you. I do. I do you feel that that way. Too. You guys got to relax. What? You don't want to make a trade. You like your 65 wins that you'll get next year. Make the trade. Shut up. Grow up. You're fine. Up. All right. Fine. We'll call it what it was. I believe it at that. 
You got Louisa Rice. Yeah. yeah what did we fine. forget? Yeah. Yes. Did we forget? Yes, we because forgot I, I I thought about the rest of my team, and as Kim Ang, I'm, I'm actually if I were truly Kim Ang, I would want to run it back as is. So, um, no, I, I'm good. We'll leave it at that. All right. So now we go to the rotation, right? Which is Gray, Pablo, Ryan, Tyler Molly, Kenta Maeda. And then you have Bailey Ober. As the I set. love I love Ober as the alternate here, and and here's why: Sonny Gray missed time with injury. Uh, Mali missed time with injury. Maeda coming off an injury. Pablo Lopez injury concern. You need the insurance. It's the same same thing with the outfield, right? Like you you go into a year like we went into last year. If we're talking about the Marlins, like thinking, oh wow, their rotation is is chock full of studs, and then Jordan Hallways making starts, like your depth will disappear quickly. Um, yeah. So I, I like that a lot. And then they have Chris Paddock coming back whenever he comes back, which I don't think will be next year, but um, it just, just good to have starting pitching depth. Exactly. So now let's move to the bullpen because the bullpen, while it didn't perform all that well last year, the bullpen finished 16th in ERA. The addition of Jorge Lopez from the Orioles was a big get. And you combine him with Yohan Duran, who throws 103. He's one of the best young relievers in the sport at just 25 years old. Mm -hmm. You have Griffin Jacks, who actually pitched very well for them last year. You got Phil Barr, who is a guy, had a 3.9 ERA in 59 innings. You have Emilio Pagan, who I do not like. And I don't think Twins fans like him either, because all he did when I watched him and when I bet on games with the Twins, he was a home run machine. This guy gave up a home run every five seconds um, and he walked the world. He has big strikeout stuff, but a lot of his balls get hit to the freaking moon. I'd prefer not to have him really around all that much. Alcala is a guy who threw two innings for them last year. They have Giovanni Moran, who actually pitched very well for them last year, two to one year in 40 innings, and they still have Trevor McGill. I want to add a lefty because mm -hmm. Thiel Bar is their lefty, but he's 36 years old. I want to look at Taylor Rogers or Andrew Chafin. And I think the better of the two is Chafin. Mm -hmm. I really want to sign Andrew Chafin to this. Yeah. Relievers are expensive, right? But you know, we got, we got we cash. Won. We didn't we sign got cash. Attendee. We got cash. I'm in. I, I, I think Chafin I'm a hundred percent in on signing Andrew Chafin. Okay. How do we trade for Devin Williams? I'm not saying that we have to, but how would we do it? What would it take? I don't know if the um, Brewers would do it, man. I don't know if they do it either, but it would take. I think it would take. I think it would take a pretty good haul. I mean, the, workshop. I mean with what, what we've here. seen, the you know, and the market be financially for relievers, and you know, now you're getting a a guy that's under control till 2026 and is proven as one of the the best relievers in the game, and who Milwaukee's I think anticipating to to close for them, you know, this coming season. It would be, it would be, you know, I think as much as Josh Hader, if not more. I think that's fair. So let's, let's just say that we're not going to do it because we don't yeah. want to gut a farm system for no, a reliever let's, anyway. Let's, let's, let's pivot. Um, so we already signed Chafin. We gave him what, a two year deal? Yeah. Okay. I'd so give him three. Chafin. I'd give him three. Fuck it. Everyone's getting three -year big deal. deals. Three year deal. Welcome to the team, Andrew Chafin. You are a Minnesota twin. Who else? Um, there isn't a lot to be desired for on the free agent market. We could say we're signing Taylor Rogers, but again, he is another lefty. Is there anyone else free agent wise on the relief side 
that we want to bring in because we don't need a lot. Um, I mean, we kind of do. There's this this bullpen is so top heavy. I have so much confidence in Lopez, Duran, and Jax. And then in my opinion, it kind of falls off a cliff. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what Moran does. He's a young guy, had a good year last year, but I do not want Emilio Pagan throwing. I don't. I mean, maybe he turns it around, but like we need to add more to this bullpen and we have the money. Who should we go get? Because yeah, Carlos gonna, Estevez is gone. Yeah, is is there is there a chance maybe they have an interest in bringing Mike Fulmer back? You know, I, Fulmer they they traded for him at the deadline. Yeah, you know, he, he was pretty good for them. That's a guy. Adam Ottavino is another one that What's I think that could. Ottavino? I I like Ottavino as a guy that's just capable of of shutting the door when Duran's not available or whoever. Like I I always believe I've always said it. I'll say it in every GM episode. Like I just want to have like those those Plan B closers and those Plan C closers, guys that I can trust in the big spots. And you know Ottavino, I I think can do that. Even though he, he he's been frustrating for some fans at some points. Like you look at the numbers overall, the the guy just gets outs in in big spots. Yeah, I that's perfect. Let's sign Adam Ottavino. Is it going to take three years? Or maybe two. It's kind of old. I think Chafin two, and we're going to walk that back. And then three, I think it, it might, I think two years for both those guys. I think two years for <laughs> both those guys. Let's just say we signed them to a cumulative of five years. Whether we gave it to Chafin for three or we gave it to Ottavino for three. One of them got three, one of them got two. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the bullpen looks like Jorge Lopez, Yoan Duran, Griffin Jacks, Adam Ottavino. Andrew Chafin, Moran, Thielbar, and then you can put Emilio Pagan in spots when you want, and you have Trevor McGill. That's a bullpen. Yeah. That is a bullpen. And then you combine it with the rotation of Gray, Pablo, Joe Ryan, Molly, and Maeda with Ober as as the alternate there. And then in the lineup again is Buxton, Kepler, and Conforto in the outfield. We have in the infield, Kirloff at first, Gordon at second, um, Polanco at short right now, and then Moran at third. But then you can move it around when Royce Lewis gets back. You can move one of those guys to DH. And then you have Christian Vasquez behind the plate. It's a good team. So we're playing Gordon at second. I don't know. What do you want to do? You I'd rather have... put Polanco. I mean, Gordon's better than freaking Kyle Farmer, though. Yeah, yeah, I mix and match with that. See what works best. These are but, our guys. Yeah. These are our guys. That's for our. That's for our. That's for Rocco Baldelli to decide. <laughs> we gave him the piece. Um, a couple of things that I want to add into, like into the bullpen side of things. Like I, I think there's a couple arms that that could be pretty solid for them with within their own ball club. Like I do think Josh Winder is going to get better. I think Matt Canarino is is a really good internal option for them as well uh, as a guy that, you know, has battled health issues could end up making the full-time move to the bullpen, but he's nasty. He's had success in the upper minors. And then if you could trade Matt Wallner, because the Braves are, are an interesting fit. Um, the Braves need, need corner outfield help, especially now that Contreras is, is hurt or is gone. Excuse me. They have Ozuna still. They have um, Eddie Rosario who, you know, like is, is really struggled last year and has, you know, whatever was going on with his eyes too. Um, Walner could be an option for them and they don't really have any, any prospects. I love coming up in the outfield and they traded Justin Henry Malloy to the Tigers. So Walner 
I would say if we could pull off like a Walner trade as well for a couple Braves guys, that could be interesting. Like a couple Braves upper level like arms, that could be interesting as well. Let's do it. Let's do it as we end. Yeah. Um, so we want we want prospects from the Braves. You're saying. Yeah, or like a couple close to big league ready relievers. Because I'm looking at their bullpen. Their bullpen's either guys they just signed or guys that they probably won't move. I don't know if you saw like if if you have their bullpen up on roster resource, like it's it's guys that I they either just added or probably are not trading. If that makes That's, sense. Yeah, I I I don't think there's really many options there. I was just I was clicking on their bullpen. I gave it a quick sweep, and I was like, I don't think, but. One thing I do know about the Atlanta Braves is that they have arms and they have a lot of arms that are pretty close to big league ready. Um, like a guy like Jared Schuster. Yeah. Um, like could Ian Anderson be a guy who's dealt? I, I wonder about that too. And that's another depth arm for them. Um, you know, Victor yeah. Vodnik is, is, is a bullpen arm that I think could be really good. Hits triple digits is, is, is really nasty. Um, they've got dudes. It's just, do the do the twins want to trade Wallen or a guy who I, I know they think could be a really impactful power bat uh, that walks a lot for a couple reliever arms? Like, are are, are we underselling Wallen and is it better to put him mash in AAA and and you know maybe maybe trade him later? I after think what uh, we let's, let's trade him later. Yeah, let's let's let him hit a little bit. Like, let's let him get another kind of <laughs> maybe a couple months under his belt and then like let's hope AAA he hits. and then because also. Let's not pretend that this outfield that we've created is going to be healthy all year. Yeah, like no, Kepler. When we talk about Buxton, how healthy has Kepler been? Kirilov. And Conforto, we bet on the lottery ticket. Like, let's hope that bet cashes. Right, Kirilov always hurt. Um, you know, like well, a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I hold on to the depth. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And that'll do it. We just played general manager with the Minnesota Twins. They won 78 games last year. I would argue we gave them seven wins. I think so. I think so. That's our job. We make you better. Twins fans, hope you enjoyed this episode. Fans of other teams, hope you enjoyed how we kind of made our moves, what we're thinking, what other guys are worth. Marlins fans, if I see that you're upset, spare me. What what was the final? Can we wrap up? What what was the final trade here? What was the final Pablo Lopez trade? You're putting me on the spot because you exactly. added a no, bunch I, of prospects I've never heard of. I'm, so, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm switching it up in post-production. You're not even going to know. <laughs> it's going to be like voiceovers. It sounds then, nothing like you. Like Peter <laughs> saying, I'll give you. <laughs> Just use the new AI chat GBC yes. filters. Like, I will give you Nick Gordon and Luis Arise for Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Well, okay, Peter. That sounds great. <laughs> like, that's 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 what I'm doing in post-production. So, it was Luis Arise, um, and it was... Some you mentioned some guys. There's no way they, these Raya. are like deep, deep cut names. Yes, Marco Raya, Marco Raya. I'm actually gonna. I, I'm giving you another another one. Jordan Belazovic. No, I've heard you talk about him before. He sucked last year. Yeah, but you like him a lot. Not anymore. Like him, seven three nine like ERA. I want Mel like Stoudemire him. Jr. to get his magic hands on him though. All right, now we'll leave it like as is. I just had to I had to bring it up one more time. But 0-7 last year in AAA with a 739 ERA. Can't get any worse. That's what yeah. I have to say. Can't get any so, worse. So send him to Miami. <laughs> oh, I want to keep him. All right. You like him too much. Yeah. Yet there's no way you just gave me the win loss record. 
and the ERA. I know you got way other shit that you're looking at. You like <laughs> no the shape loss in the ERA. Like that. That's all Thad knows. That's all, That's all Thad, Thad knows. So thank you guys all for listening to the Just Baseball Show. Of course, we will be back tomorrow with an awesome interview. Cardinals fans, get ready because we're bringing on one of the best players on the Cardinals, and then we're playing GM right before it. It's going to be a great episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it, so stay tuned. Twins fans, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Arms wearing his Just Baseball hat. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch in the episode link description or in the link in the episode description. We'll be seeing All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.